You're listening to the Equip Podcast, a ministry of Austin Ridge Bible Church. To learn more about upcoming Equip classes and events, visit www.austinridge.org forward slash equip. Welcome back to another episode of the Equip Podcast. As we're continuing to revisit some of our previous episodes, we wanted to take a look back at this episode from last year called What is the Church? Because of the coronavirus, we haven't been able to meet as a church body for the last several months, and I'm sure I can speak for everyone by saying that we miss gathering and worshiping together. But I'm encouraged knowing that the church is not a building, but a people. And as Jeff says in this episode, the church is always present, but the church isn't always gathered. So as we're waiting to gather together again, take a listen to Joey, Jeff, and their fellow staff members, Glenn Gordon and Carrie Run, as they discuss who the church is and the part we get to play in God's mission on earth. All right, guys, here we are around the round table uh, for season two, which is really, really exciting, um, starting back up. This, this season, what we're going to do, we actually start with a question today, what is the church? And that is the springboard for... Um, uh, the rest of the fall, which is what we're going to be publishing. And we're going to have guests. Uh, I'm grateful that you guys are here. We'll do introductions in a second, but um, these guys will join us. Jeff, you'll be with me every time and uh, grateful for that because yeah. you know stuff that I don't, which is always mm-hmm. good. So, um, But uh, let's go around real quick who we are. And then what I want to do is start us off with our favorite kind of old school childhood church memory in, in the honor of this season being about the church, okay. all right? So uh, whoever wants to jump in and go first, that'd be great. Ladies first. Sure, I'm Carrie <laughs> Run, and here at the Ridge, I volunteer in women's ministry and do a lot with that. And I think one of my favorite memories growing up with the church is, um, I remember third grade Sunday school. Third grade meant you had to memorize the books of the Bible, and once you memorized all 66, you got to go to an ice cream Sunday party. Nice. So it's like really cool, something to look forward to. What is your ice cream of choice? Um, chocolate chip. Okay. Yeah. It's, so. it's a little bit on the plain side, but we'll, we'll forgive you for that. Any mint chocolate chip? <laughs> mint chocolate. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Totally. All right. That I'm, totally diverted. Just, just, chocolate just, chip. Regular, just regular chocolate chip. All right. Yeah, well, ain't broke, man. Lame. Broke. All right. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. My name is Glenn. I'm the associate pastor at the Dripping Springs campus. Uh, my wife and I've been here for about a year and love it. Um, my most fond, uh, let me just say the most distinct memory I have of church was, um, when we changed churches to a large Baptist church, there was an orchestra, which I was not used to because mm. we were like small church people. And I just remember distinctively being shocked by the kettle drum. Uh, and it was like, it was so is. loud. It's like this oh, big, big drum. And, yeah. and, it was, yeah. and I just remember thinking, wow, this is like big time. Like nice. uh, the orchestra nice. is killing it over here. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Qu- was there a choir with choir robes? Of course, robes of course. And choir robes and the, yeah. whole, the whole nine. And uh, yeah, it was a fun Awesome experience. All about the rooms, man. Yeah. yeah, so I'm Jeff Moore, uh, worship and discipleship pastor here at the Bee Cave campus, oversee D groups and some other fun stuff. Uh, as far as favorite memory, I was thinking about it, and it's a person, as lady Mavis Crocker, and mm. she was old when I was a kid. I mean, mm. she was just always old. She was that lady in the church. And uh, she was, uh, so I, I grew up in a kind of a charismatic environment, mm. simply a God. And so it wasn't uncommon every few weeks for her to just stand up and start walking and testifying and whatnot. And, <laughs> and, and she never got off into weird stuff. It was always encouraging and just more of a challenge to people, that sort of thing. But she was also the lady, and again, this lady was, I mean, I'm going to guess 75 when I was a teenager mm-hmm. probably. And a bunch of us would go out and do like, you know, service acts and that kind of stuff on a Saturday morning. And we would show up at her apartment and she would have made breakfast for 20 plus mm. teenagers on Saturday mornings. Mm. 
uh, you know, always and always just would pray over us and that kind of thing. So that's the thing that stands out to me. Yeah. Just kind of cuff grew up in church, yeah. but it's that it's people like that yeah, that no, you're, you're exposed sure. to along the way that really stand out to that's me. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, yeah, Joy Ryder, groups and equipping here at B Cave, and um, uh, let's see, I um, food. Okay. Food for me, uh, yeah, uh, uh, just the food guy. But potlucks. Ooh, okay. uh, was yeah. there ever mint chocolate chip so, ice cream with the potluck? No, there was no. no? Just okay. kind of that. Sorry about that. But good old, you know, if you didn't know, also I'm the Maryland guy on staff, so lots of good old Maryland treats Ooh. that I miss. Uh, part of these potlucks. So, so in the south, a potluck is. <clears throat> I mean, it's like casseroles and that sort of thing. What What is it? You know, it, actually, I remember a lot of fried chicken. I think Maryland, I don't know okay. if fried chicken is, a. I guess it's a south, southern thing mm-hmm. too, but fried chicken, but also, yeah, any kind of seafood dishes oh, really? were always, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of dip, seafood dips, like mm-hmm. not, instead of casseroles. Those kind of dips. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So, um, you know, we mentioned uh, programs that led to ice cream. We talked about orchestras that were instrumental, uh, obviously people, which is a part of it, but certain th- food. Uh, but those things aren't necessarily just just what the church is. It's not a program. Um, it's not just whether a church has a choir or an orchestra. A church is not a building. You know, a lot of people think that's the way we describe, oh, that church over there, they describe the building. So let's do the, let's, let's give the definition right now. Mm-hmm. What is the church? What's the Bible say about the church? And then, you know, we have this uh, big letter C church. What is that? What's the little C church? And so y'all have at it. Let's go. Um, I think it's a really important question because I think how we answer the question determines what we believe the church does and what it should be about. And um, I guess the the definition that I would say is that the church is the new covenant people of God empowered by the Holy Spirit uh, to accomplish the mission of God, both locally and globally. Uh, And so there's a lot of kind of things that that you could break down when you you think about that sentence, but uh, really it just answers the question maybe a little differently instead of what is the church is who is the church, Mm. as you were saying. Yeah, that's good. uh, As as God's people, uh, we're here for a mission, and it's to honor him and glorify him among the nations. So for the people taking notes, uh, watching or listening, um, what what new covenant people? So what's the new covenant? Uh, yeah, the, the new covenant as represented in, in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, as seen uh, in the uh, communion uh, yeah. when, when he says, hey, this new covenant is established in my blood. Yeah. Uh, as often as you drink of it, do so. You, you proclaim me and my death. Yeah. Uh, and so it's to me, it's distinct from... Uh, we see in the Old Testament of Old Testament saints and uh, is empowered by the Spirit, which is different as well, okay. uh, leading to mission here on earth. Yeah, good, good. Maybe else you covered it well, but yeah, because you have to understand the Old Covenant, you know, law, Moses, Torah, that whole thing, and to see that the New Covenant, why it's why it's new, why it's better, why it's a fulfillment. You know, mm-hmm. so you see the church, I think, is a fulfillment of all that God had done through mm-hmm. the Jewish nation leading up to the birth of the church, and that's a whole topic that yeah people get off into is like, when did the church actually start? And do we see hints of it in the old Testament and don't really see, I mean, I, I view it as it started at Pentecost Acts two, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, is a fulfillment of all that had been promised up to them. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think just building on that. Um, I love that definition that you gave Glenn. Mm-hmm. I think of um, the, the Greek word that we translate for church ecclesia mm-hmm. in the Bible, which means an assembly, a gathering. And I think it gets at the root meaning, which you, you talked about that the root meaning is not that of a building, but it is a people. Mm-hmm. And I think God has always been present in the midst of his people. Mm-hmm. When I look back through the scriptures, you think in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, you think of the mm-hmm. tent of meeting, the tabernacle. Um, you think of his presence in the temple. I think when Jesus came, God sent his son to dwell and live and breathe and walk among us. And then when he went back up to heaven, he sent his spirit to live within us. Mm-hmm. 
And so God lives within us in the form of his spirit. And so I think we together, um, all those who have received salvation by faith, make up the church. And I would say the big C, capital C, universal church. So mm -hmm. believers for all time. And I think the the little C church, which you, you talked mm -hmm. about, Joey, it would be our local expression of that. That would be Austin Ridge. Mm -hmm. um, the the gathered believers, we gather around Jesus by his word. Yeah, yeah good. I think that's good because you know the church is always present, but the church isn't always gathered. Right. Is a good way to think about mm -hmm. it. Kind of the big mm -hmm. C, little C kind of thing. There's all, and most of the church that exists is no longer living. Mm. You know, when you think right. about it that way, I mean, there's yeah. just so many things that are big and beautiful yeah. about it that we just kind of skip over because we're just trying to get back to quote unquote church on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All right. So right. there's two roads from here. I think I want to go. One is the roles and functions of the church, which you kind of alluded in your definition. And then, but also we're kind of creeping up on the, the, another road, which is, uh, do you have to go to church? Like mm -hmm. if you, if you have that spirit indwelling, you believe in Jesus, death, burial, resurrection, your new covenant people. And there's this, well, why do I have to go to church? So let's go to the first one though, roles and functions of the church. And I mm -hmm. think that'll lead us to the next, next part. Yeah. I'll, I'll go. Uh, yeah. I think in Acts 2, we see a good, you know, quasi list in 42 to 47. You know, we see that, well, I'll just read it. Um, the, um, you know, right after the church has started, and um, it says, I should have had this bookmark, sorry. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, starting in verse 42, and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. And you skip down. They were selling their uh, possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds as they had need. Day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. Uh, they received their food with glad generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day. So I think, you know, just from that, and that's not the only place it talks about it, but we see fellowship, uh, we see teaching, we see communion, um, we see evangelism, we see worship, and we see growth. I mean, I think those are all, um, I don't want to use the word marks, because that's, a, again, a whole other sure. discussion, but those are functions, those are... Um, those are results of the church's existence and also the church's gathering. Yeah, that's good. Roles yeah, and functions. I think yeah. some of the, the way that it gets confused is that, um, you, I mean, you, you read that Acts 2 passage and you see those lists of different things that they devoted themselves to. And, and there's just different ways that, that people assemble together mm -hmm. and different values within that list of things that um, maybe you're elevated above other things per different congregations and different fellowships. So I think maybe that adds to some of the confusion. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, it's, it's it's about the mission of God. It, like even that list stems out of that Acts 1 passage uh, where he says, hey, you're to be my, my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. It's it's an outflowing of mission, this thing called community, this mm -hmm. thing called the church. Yeah, yeah, it's good. There's, I think, you know, the important facets I heard from you guys is, is community, the breaking of bread, the fellowship, and then that they're on mission you know, mm -hmm. and so the Great Commission being it, going and making disciples. So you've got the component of teaching Jesus' commandments. You got the component of going and baptizing, um, and, and and the spirit of that is disciple making, yeah. um, and which so, is all empowered by the Spirit. Right, mm -hmm. right, yeah, that's good. Um, and so I just I think that it's so important for people to be a part of community, and that kind of leads us to that that. You know, people say some a phrase that's often thrown out there is "I love Jesus, but not the church." You know. And um, and so they make that as an excuse not to be a part of the local body. And, you know, later on in, in the fall, we're going to be talking about, like, how people are jacked up. And that's really the essence of the gospel. And so the reason why people say that they don't like the church is because they've been hurt somewhere along the way. It's like, if I, I, we probably could have started that way, which would not be, which would have been more negative, is what you're, what, when were you hurt in church? Because it wasn't if you were hurt in church, it was probably sure. when. And, and, and yet, um, church is a beautiful place and a great place. And, and, um, 
And plan A, by the way, for for the plan for the gospel to go out to the nations, right? So um, what would you say to somebody who says, I love Jesus, but not the church? Um, why, why should people, uh, if they profess to know Jesus as their Savior, be a part of the local body? I think for people that say they love Jesus, but not the church, I'd, I think first of all I'd want to say is that I understand that. Hmm. And then I get it, and I realize that people um, have experienced real hurts mm-hmm. and real disagreements within the church. For some people, maybe they feel overlooked or slighted or invisible. Um, And so I understand why it makes it hard for some people to want to show up at a place that they associate with negative feelings, with hurtful Mm. feelings. Um, And so I get the phrase that it's easier sometimes to love God than to love his people. But I think that God doesn't call us just to what is easy. Um, When it's easier just to love God, um, there are many metaphors that, and word pictures that the Bible uses for church, and one of them is a family. Mm. And when we place our faith and trust in Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, we become adopted into this new family of God, and He's our Father, and we have all these new brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think there are a lot of passages, verses in the Bible that talk about how we relate to each other in this new family, that we're to love one another, we're to forgive one another, we're to bear one another's burdens, we're to encourage one another. So there's all these ways that we are to interact together. And I think it's not new. You know, the writer of Hebrews um, said, you know, this has been a habit for some of you that you've been not meeting together. And the writer of Hebrews encourages them to persevere. He says, don't neglect meeting together. It matters um, that you do that. And so I I think for someone that has experienced hurts, I would encourage them to, um, you know, maybe you need to find someone to help you with that. Maybe you need someone to help you find your voice to mediate that. But step into that and don't step away from it. Because I think it's in one level it's inconsistent to say that you love Jesus, but not his church, because the church are his people. And Jesus calls us to love his people. Mm-hmm. And as we grow in our love for Christ, I think we're gonna grow in our love for each other. Yeah, and it's good. such a I mean, it's such a backwards way of looking at it because I think for someone to to feel that way and to say that and then act up on that feeling, you feel like you're punishing the church, but you're actually punishing yourself because we can't interpret scripture rightly on our own. We do that best in community. You can't fight sin on your own. You do that best in community. I mean, you can't do any of the instructions we've been given uh, from Jesus and then onward through Paul and others on our own. I mean, it's all meant to be done together. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, and to not do that, one of the verses that always rings true to me when I hear a question like this or you know, hey, why are you not a part of a, a smaller group within the local local church or whatever? Is you know that proverb uh, in eighteen uh, one that you know, hey, the person isolates himself, seeks his own desires, and rages against sound wisdom. Mm-hmm. Paul uses this this metaphor of the church as a body. Like, so if my hand doesn't want to be part of my foot's body, mm-hmm. it doesn't want to be connected to the head, which is Christ. And yeah. so that's why you know John later in First John says, hey, it's impossible to love Christ and not his bride. Mm. I mean, you know, I've heard that before from pastors. Hey, what would it be like if if I told you, Jeff, I love you, but I hate your wife and I don't like her? And, you know, it, it definitely puts in into a different picture um, our view and affection for Christ and that which he cares about uh, into more of a selfish motive, which, um, as we mentioned, is true. But we'd kind of personally, I'd want to dig deeper to find out what the underlying thing is. Uh, in their life, which gives them this this perspective on the church, and yeah. uh, maybe find some ways to show the, God's intention through the church, uh, not just to help them, but to help give them the opportunity to help other people. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love all your answers. I'm grateful, Carrie, for the way you started that because I wasn't even thinking how to empathize or sympathize with the person that says this. I, I was ready to come in and say, you're wrong. And <laughs> and so, but that's such a, a great, um, that's the kind of humility we as a church should have is just that is under, a, a posture of understanding of why they would struggle. Yeah. Um, and because I even as I alluded earlier, like we've all kind of been there um, so that was really good. And and just the benefit that you guys both described, the benefit of community does hopefully far outweigh um, any potential hurt that has been there. And and so the ongoing, like I, I read this past week, like we have, we're responsible for each other and accountable to each other. And that's such a great, wonderful thing. Um, this past week, I got a phone call from a guy and he was concerned about a brother at our church. And he's like, how do I what do I do? And I love that he's even thinking that he was concerned for the spiritual well-being for his brother to call him out. Now, that guy is getting ready to get the phone call from the the friend. It's going to be difficult for him, and he might feel feelings of hurt, and yet it comes from a great place so that hopefully, because of his good friend who's caring for his spiritual well-being, will actually help him as he moves forward in a spiritual walk. And so it is so... The church really is a beautiful place. In the New Testament world, this is another thing I thought that was interesting even outside the church in the New Testament time frame, um, in that culture, family was the close was the closest relational bond, right? Mm-hmm. And the and the closest one-on-one relationship wasn't necessarily just husband and wife. It was actually sibling to sibling. So then you have Christ come to the scene, and we have this new family in Christ. We're now blood family, right? Each and every one of us. And so the design that Jesus had when he instituted the church was this blood new covenant um, orientation between uh, siblings, you and I being just as strong as siblings, and then um, that we were uh, his sons or, or God's sons and daughters, and so that we would have these these close family ties. And so when, if, just imagine if, if the church really operated that way and how, how powerful that was. So um, talk about the, the importance then kind of stemming from that, the unity, uh, the unity of like John 17, right? And, and Jesus uh, priestly or his you know, high priestly prayer is saying, I pray for unity so that the world may know. Mm-hmm. So any, any thoughts on just the, how pa- the powerful of, of us as a family, sons and daughters of, of God, um, us in, in being unified uh, so that the world may know the gospel? I think unity stands in stark contrast to the world where we see so much division um, and factions that if we can be together mm-hmm. and handle our disagreements in a way that honors the Lord and honors each other, seeking, like you said, this person was seeking someone's good, yet they entered into something hard. If we mm-hmm. can do that um, and love each other well, um, I think it's an amazing um, picture to the world of Christ's love. And I think that's something that draws people. That's winsome. Um, I think it's 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 how we live out the gospel to the world. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, the church in and of itself. I mean, it's a unifying thing just by its very design. It unified Jew and Gentile. Mm. I mean, it starts there. That's good. Uh, and then you go on into Ephesians. I was looking for it's like you know one new man in place of the two. Picking up verse two fifteen. Um, so making peace might reconcile to God one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So when we divide, I mean, we are just painting a picture. We're acting completely contrary to why the church exists to begin with. We're acting completely contrary to what Christ came to accomplish, not just for us individually, but for us corporately, Mm. right? And you look over in uh, chapter four, I I love this, that, uh, you know, the fact that we are united by our confession, 
Mm. So for unity not to exist, that means that we broke it. Mm. Like we're given that unity. So if it's not there, it's our fault. Mm. You know, everything that Christ has done, everything that we've been given from confessions to doctrines to gifts, all those things are to work for a unified body because that's the that's the picture like yeah just just like you said that's how the world will know yeah is by our love for one another and i think that yeah and just to add on to that the beautiful thing is that the church is like this this sandbox or this play area where we get to live that out and practice that in a messy and dirty way with people who are not perfect but have the hope of eventually finding ultimate unity when we're fully given a new body, fully given uh, a new new full desires to do nothing but honor God with all of our, our being, uh, in, in which point we'll have a greater intimacy than we have with anyone here mm. on yeah. the planet at one with another. And that's uh, to me, that's so exciting uh, because, man, the, the idea of disunity and disharmony um, is like, like that's, it's just a – trying to figure out how to say it. It's everybody wants unity. They, we we want to have this idea of – diversity and unity, mm. but we just don't know how to find it. Mm. And the cool thing about the gospel is it does just that. It reconciles us one to another and, and us to Christ uh, in this new family. So, yeah, that's uh, good. And I think, man, don't be mistaken, like there is a lot of um, factions or, you know, we're going to cover denominations later on and we're going to cover different different denominations and why they believe different things. But, but for those who profess Jesus as Savior— that crosses many denominations, many cultures all around the world. I, there's nothing as as a, a unified belief like it in the history of the world, and so that's a that's a beautiful thing that they major. You know, if you major on the majors, you know, keep minoring on the minors, and just realize, okay, Jesus is Lord. Uh, he comes to save uh, anyone who believes in Him, uh, so they may have eternal life. It, it's it's an awesome awesome thing. Real quick, kind of rapid fire here. Um, your your favorite thing, your favorite thing about the church, just in your time in it. Um, what's what's just something that stands out to you that you just love? So for me, I think there's a there's a picture that I get when I think of the church, uh, and it comes from this quote that a youth pastor of mine told me that God doesn't need you, but He wants you. Mm. Like He wants us to be engaged uh, with people. He wants us on mission for Him. And for me, uh, it makes me think back about my relationship with my dad. My dad was a builder, and so I'd go to the job site with him, and I'd hammer nails into studs as like an eight year old. I'm doing nothing, but my dad is building the house, uh, and he he allows me to come into this relationship with him where I'm participating. In, in even in his work, like doing this thing alongside my father, which is something that I could never do by myself. And so it's it's that invitation for me to engage in the mission of God here on earth. And I'm going to kind of stop there for a second before you guys go. I think it's really important to note that um, the difference between what the church is, what it's for, and it's not just here to serve us. Christ came to serve, not be served. And if we're the, be the picture of that, or if we're supposed to kind of follow him in his footsteps, like a lot of people think, hey, the church exists to serve my needs. Yes, it is the one another's mm-hmm. that we talked about, responsible for, accountable to, yeah. but it's to, that we're sent ones, that we're used by him. And that, I love that you I love that you said that. It's like Brad talks about, and, and sometimes it almost sounds like a disconnect when he says it, I think, for a lot of people. It's like, you know, the, the church exists for those that aren't in the seats yet. Mm, yeah. He's not talking about the global church. He's not talking about the unseen church. He's not talking about the saints of all time who believe the yeah. teaching handed down. He's talking about that church being gathered in a location. That location exists for those that aren't in there because we're to be on mission. We're to be about building what the Father has given us to build, right? Yeah. I just, to me, that picture is one of my favorite things. It's, you know, we aren't here to, you know, provide goods and services for 
people who are just trying to be better, mm. right? We're here right. to worship God. We're here to do these things, fellowship, teach, uh, communion, evangelism, worship, and growth. But we trust that God's going to give the growth as we're faithful to the call that he's given the church, right? And to be about his mission in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think there, what y'all are talking about, there's an inward mission of the church to believers mm-hmm. to equip, present everyone complete in Christ, care for those people. But there's That's an outward good. mission to evangelism of mercy, of compassion to the world in need. And one of the things um, I love about the church, I'm going to go big, big C, big picture mm-hmm. church. Um, our families had the opportunity to live overseas for some years. And just even with Austin Ridge, been able to do some short-term missions trips to Padere, Uganda, to Athens, Greece. And what I love is that seeing the church around the world and different um, gatherings of believers is that God is at work and his spirit is moving. You know, I think of Acts, that the last chapters of Acts are still being written and the church is expanding Mm. around the world. And when you go to different places and worship with people, there's this kinship I think Mm. you have Mm -hmm. as believers in Christ because we're part of one family no matter where we are. And I think to me, what I see in that is the church is a place to belong. Jesus is inviting us, says, you, you belong here, mm. no matter where you are in the world. Yeah, that's so good, because it's good to be reminded, too, as you say that, that that belonging is by faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it's by, it's through salvation that's offered as a gift by faith through grace in Christ. You know, just being in a small C local gathering of the big C doesn't change anything. It's mm-hmm. still a by faith proposition that, yeah. that we're offered, yeah. and it's free. That's good. You know. Well, thanks, guys. You know, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, um, and uh, the the church certainly has its baggage, but it is an amazing thing that God has has uh, set up here on earth to bring out the gospel to the world. And so, if you're listening or watching this, and there you have some previous church baggage that you want to kind of talk about, wrestle with, man, please contact us uh, at equip at austinridge.org. Uh, and and if you have more questions about it, we would invite you uh, to do that. It is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to be a part of. And so uh, we would encourage you uh, in that way. So thanks guys so much for joining us for this conversation. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. If you have thoughts or questions about any of our episodes, send us an email at equip at austinridge.org. For more updates and equipping resources, like our Equip Austin Ridge Facebook page. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show. See you next week.